0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this, the 6th of December, it's the second Sunday of Advent. And my name is John Keeley and help me to, be, to present the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose, Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thanks a lot for joining me, Shane, this morning. And also a guest who's going to stay with me for the programme this morning. We haven't had this person on for a few weeks. It's great to have you welcome back again, Um, Geraldine Creighton from the Emmanuel community. Good morning, how are you?
1: Good morning, John. Good morning, Shane. And good morning, listeners. It's wonderful to be here with you on the second Sunday of Advent.
0: Thank you. Now, Geraldine has a few more guests to join us, but that'll be in part two. We'll keep that for part two. But in the meantime, we do want to welcome, especially those listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way today, those listeners who support us each week in prayer. We value that and thank you so much indeed for staying with us each week. Our programme is broadcast on West Limick 102 at FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The 10am programme these these days, uh, the first part of the programme, uh, we have mass broadcast live from Abbeyfield Parish in County Limick. And the 11pm um, programme is of course a full programme which includes uh, chatting with guests which we're going to do today, reflecting on the Gospel and any other bits and pieces and especially some music. Any podcast or any uh, program that we've ever done here on Sacred Space is available to be heard and for download on our podcast page, which is come and see inspirations at buzzsprout.com. Or you can get us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. And you can contact us, please do. Um, you can text us 87 6088667 That's 087-6088-667. Or you can email us, and that's on come and see inspirations at gmail.com. That's all one word, comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com. Just a few notices, just to bring to people's attention this morning, some of our listeners. There is actually a Christmas mission uh, taking place from Saint Mount St. Alphonse Church, uh, the Redemptor's Church in Limerick. That's coming on this week, uh, the 14th to the, sorry, not this week, the following week, from the 14th to the 18th of December. It's uh, that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, the sessions are 8am, 10am and 7.15am that's 8am, 10am and 7.15pm and these are, can be available to be viewed online and joined in by line online at novena.ie so that's the Lumic mission 8am, 10am, 7.15pm Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday December the 14th to the 18th now this part of the week is where Shane uh, will share uh, with us some of the saints for the week thanks Shane
2: Thanks, John. Um, it's appropriate that uh, very much we are in Advent and it's a very Marian week this week in terms of the uh, Saints of the Week. So as John said at the top of the program, today, of course, is the second Sunday of Advent. So, so for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week two. And obviously, of course, today we are delighted, and even though it is limited, that we are back to the public celebration of the liturgies in our churches with the lifting of the restrictions. Uh, Monday, of course, is the 7th of December. And of course, for me personally, this is an interesting feast day because, of course, it is the feast day of St. Ambrose, who is the patron saint of the family. Um, governor of the Roman province, very much associated with the city of Milan in 330 in 374 the lady insisted on he becoming bishop he wasn't even a catechumen he wasn't even baptized um uh, and he defended orthodoxy, very much known for his writings and also for speaking truth to power, including to the emperor of the day. He's the patron of Milan, uh, beekeepers and domestic animals. Now, the beekeeper bit comes in because he's supposed to be kind of golden-tongued like honey. And actually, if you go to Milan today and you go down into the crypt of the Dumo in Milan, you can actually see um, St. Ambrose lying in the crypt in his Episcopal vestments. Most uh, Tuesday, of course, is the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is the 8th of December. a uh, Great feast day in the Marian calendar because, of course, it is the one very much associated with uh, one of the four dogmas of the Church associated with Mary. Uh, pronounced by Pius IX in 1854. And, of course, it holds that Mary was preserved from the stain of original sin in the first instant of her conception in the womb of her mother, Saint Anne, which, of course, was granted as a singular privilege and grace of God by the merits of Jesus Christ, as the um, the proclamation said, so of course, very much associated as traditionally would have been the first shopping day uh, or one of the key shopping days once upon a time for the Christmas. Wednesday is the 9th of December. It's uh it's a, it's also got a Marian connection. It's the feast day of St. Juan Diego. He's very much associated with Our Lady because, of course, he is the visionary of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who he saw in December 1531. And of course, the great thing about Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, well, actually, we'll come back to that one. So we celebrate John Diego's feast day is on Wednesday, the 9th. Then the 10th of uh, December this year, we are celebrating a new feast which has been inserted into the calendar. It is the feast day of Our Lady of Loreto. It was inserted by decree of the Congregation of the Divine Worship in, at the end of October 2019 at the request of Pope Francis. Now, according to tradition, the small house of Nazareth was carried by angels to Loreto in December 1294. And Loreto is Italy's most popular Marian shrine city. And, of course, the feast is there because it's very much associated as encouraging people to reflect on the great event of the Incarnation and Mary's fiat or her yes to the message of the angel Gabriel. So then on Friday, the 11th of December, we have the feast day of St. Damasus, the first uh, papal saint, born around 304 AD, died on this day in 384. He was elected Pope in 366. Very much associated insisting on the apostolic foundations of the Roman See and was active in opposing a lot of heresies in the 4th century. One of his claims to fame is that he commissioned St. Jerome to write the Vulgate, which was the Latin version of the Bible, which was the key translation that we had for centuries in the Roman Rite. And then finally, the third element of the Marian week that we're going to have is next Saturday, the 12th of December. is the feast day of our Our Lady of Guadalupe the patron of the Americas, of course, city in uh, Mexico. Mexico. Memorial recalls the apparitions in December 1531 to John Diego on the hill outside Mexico City. And, of course, the famous thing associated, of course, is the talma, the cloak that John Diego was, Juan Diego was wearing. And when our, this lady appeared to him, uh, she said that to to take the roses to the local bishop to convince him to build the chapel. And when he got to the bishop's house and he put the roses on the bishop's desk, the image of Our Lady was on the inside of his cloak, which is still to be seen at the shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe today. And the scientists have not been able to explain what it or how it's still around 500 years later. So John, that's what we have in terms of our Celestial Guides for this week.
0: Thanks a lot for that yeah. So at this point of the programme, we always pray the Spirit of Communion prayer. This is especially for those who cannot receive Jesus at Mass uh, this morning sacramentally, but they can make a Spirit of Communion prayer. And this is the Spirit of Communion prayer that we always pray. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. And just a just a comment there, Shane, when you mentioned there uh, about the, being able to return to the sacraments. Um, this program is usually recorded midweek, um, I actually of a, a Wednesday evening. And I was one of those people who were very fortunate, myself and, I, and my wife, uh, to be able to attend mass sacramentally uh, yesterday morning. It was a wonderful feeling to be able to to, to return. To mass and witness one of the one of the most beautiful liturgies that our church can offer. So at this point of the program, we'll go for our first bit of music. Geraldine, you got a piece of music for us to listen to this morning.
1: Yes, this is a song called Hope Israel. It's written by one of the members of the Emmanuel community. And it's based on Psalm 131. And I suppose the the song, when you listen to it, it's all about being like a little child. And Christmas, we're getting ready to welcome Jesus, the little child, and he wants us to be really simple and really little. So listen to it. It's a beautiful reflection. And just be at peace.
0: Welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Killey. still joined by Shane Ambrose here uh, in studio. And also uh, Geraldine Creighton from the Emmanuel community in Limerick, who's joined us again today. And this time she's brought a number of guests with her. Welcome back again to us, Geraldine. Lovely to have you back.
1: Thank you, John. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, Geraldine. This is going to be a little, kind of a special program this morning because, first of all, I want you to just remind listeners a little uh, just maybe in a sentence or two, what Emmanuel is all about, and anyway, this call of the Emmanuel community may be and this whole idea that I've heard you speak about, mesne or household. But anyway, first of all, a little bit about Emmanuel.
1: Okay, so uh, the community was founded in nineteen seventy-two. It um, is present in about more than sixty countries around the world. The latest figure is on membership is about eleven thousand five hundred, of which two hundred and seventy-five are priests. We have uh, 100 uh, men in the seminary, seminarians, and other 225 consecrated men and women in celibacy. And then we have people like me, single people, we have married people, we have young people, we have older people, we have middle aged people. And then we have, of course, families. Um, So it's international, so many, many languages and cultures. And I suppose it's richness, richness of the community is in its diversity and difference and between people, between personalities. And yeah, so it's, it's a grace of, of um, the renewal of the church that came to the Vatican, Second Vatican Council and in particular the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That is common to all the members of the community. So it's a fruit of the renewal. And very much for Pierre Groussard, who is the founder of the community, um, this idea of being uh, brothers and sisters on the same journey, even though we're very different, doing different things, but that we support each other, we collaborate, we live in solidarity. It's a very, very strong thing, but it helps us keep on the straight path. And I know that last weekend, um, Pope Francis was talking about staying on the right, staying on the way and keeping on the road. And I suppose in the community, uh, through all the various uh, commitments that we have, but in particular, this, this commitment called mesonée. It's, it's, it's a French word, and it effectively means a household or a family. Even for French people, it's an old word that they're not too familiar with, but uh, chagluck in Irish would be a, a similar word. It means the people who are, are live together as a family, but we don't live together per se in the same place, but we have a common way of life, a common focus.
0: One big family. Thank you. Thanks for that, Geraldine. So, Geraldine, today now, you you brought a few guests along. I did. Can you introduce uh, them, and then I'll, I'll have a chat with them one by one.
1: Yes, so I brought very special people in my life. These are the people in my Maison our household. So I spend, I meet them each week, we pray for each other, they pray for me, they carry me in prayer, and they keep me going. And and in this group that we meet, Maison our household once a week, uh, it's put together by the leaders in the community. We don't choose it, but by the end of the, the year, the you know the, these people are really in my heart. Um, so I'm really delighted. So uh, firstly, I'm going to introduce. Um, I have Maria Bridges, who you'll be familiar with on the program from last year. We have um, Piatra uh, Kielinski. Which I hope is the right pronunciation because I really don't call him by that name all the time. Uh, Rebecca uh, Breslin is, uh, Rebecca Comerford is on the program as well. And then we have uh, the McVeigh family, Kevin and Siobhan McVeigh. And we have their children, starting with the youngest who had a birthday recently, Sinead. The next oldest one is called Stephen. And then the very oldest one, a teenager
0: called Daniel. Thanks for that, Geraldine. So listen, one by one. Yeah, Maria, um, Maria Bridges, good morning to you and, and thanks a lot for, for joining us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Um, so I, I did the ESF so this, that year abroad um, with the Emmanuel community two years ago. So that was in New York um, and now I'm back in Ireland. So I, I teach in a secondary school and I'm doing a master's so that's what I'm doing now
0: yeah I remember speaking to you and the time that you spent back there and now that you moved back to Ireland um first of all how how did you find the time in esm change you did you find it change you at all that time where you won mission
3: um, yeah it did um I think in general it's just that i I grew a lot during the year um it's hard to exactly point to lots of specifics but I know that I came out a very different person I think maybe one of the biggest things was my prayer life so that became a lot more consistent and a lot more of a focus um I was also strengthened a lot through a lot of the challenges that were there yeah it was it was a very good year for just growth and developing my I guess my faith and and also just personally as well.
0: I suppose one of the great things about that was you were there amongst your own age group type of thing, you know, the people of your own vintage, must say teenagers and early twenties and living at the face. Yeah. That must be very encouraging.
3: Yeah, it was. It was it was great to have the community, um, to have friendship with these people that shared such a a common, I guess, foundation of their life as well. So that was a big thing and something that I, I I still find a bit in this in the mezzanine now that we have, but it's something that my heart like longs to have more of. I suppose. Yeah.
0: Just before we just before we leave, we go there for a second. What does Advent mean to you? And how will it be a different year this year for you?
3: Um. So the the word that I would choose the Advent means to me is probably anticipation or longing. Uh, I think this year especially, I have a better sense of that longing because of the fact that the churches were closed for so long Um, i really felt the longing and i think advent i still i'm kind of going to continue with with feeling that um and and living with desiring god which is what advent really is all about
0: thank you for sharing that rebecca come good morning to you how are you
4: Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, thanks for joining us. T- can you share a small little bit about yourself?
4: I can indeed. Well, I'm a banner woman, best county in Ireland.
2: <laughs>
4: I <laughs> have to say that because I like to aggravate the Limerick people, sorry. I know West Limerick is great. My best friend is from near Abbeyfield, so I am hope that, uh, that they're listening out there. I'll have to tell her that we're on this morning. But yeah, just like Maria, I did Manuel's Gulu Mission in New York. I actually did it, well, last year and I came back in March. I was one of the COVID crew. So I had a good six months in the Bronx experiencing everything that one could in a very poor area, um, living in community, serving the poor with the missionaries of charity um, and studying theology. It was a wonderful six months. And that's what led me to the Emanuel community. I had never heard of the community before. And now I'm very glad to be discerning joining the community this year in Ireland.
0: And now that you've returned back to Ireland, how do you find it now after your experience with the ESM?
4: I I find it, you know what, I would say that my time in New York really um, strengthened me as a person because when I came back, obviously it was abruptly because of covid Um, And I had to go into isolation. So I actually went from living in a house with 26 others into being on my own in a house. Um, And I have been uh, searching for work uh, for about seven months. Um, I've luckily found a job now, but there was a long stretch where I, uh, I had to kind of adjust in my lifestyle and get back to being in Ireland. So being with the community actually really helped me because... Um, because yeah, I have brothers and sisters here who I can tune in and talk to, and who prays for me and uh helps me along um so it's been very good. It's been actually quite an easy transition back
0: and you know, um, what would you say to a young person who you might meet who might be interested maybe in following the same path you've chosen?
4: Um, I would say to them, don't be afraid to take the first step uh because when you when you think of doing something as radical as like deciding to go off to do a mission year which means just like giving up your life um in a, in your own country um for about 9 months which is what the school of mission requires um it's quite a, it's quite a scary decision um but if someone is just deciding maybe not to do a missionary year and just deciding well I want to find out more about about God um I would definitely recommend that they that they seek out some community. Um, it's very important to meet people who are also searching for God who are like-minded people who can help you on your journey uh, can listen to your concerns and share with their share with you um, what they've experienced um, because it's so important to connect with other people um, because they know so much about it from walking that journey too.
0: And finally, what does Advent mean to you?
4: Advent means to me um, a time of preparation. Um, For me, it's just about like thinking about Jesus, Jesus is coming and preparing your heart for that. Because in the lead up to Christmas, there can be a lot of focus on materialism, um, you know, on stress, on rushing on having to buy the last minute presents and um, shopping and everything. That it's important to take some time, some space to kind of think about, you know, the meaning of Advent. That God, Christ is coming, um, and that there's meant to be room in your heart, just like there was there was no room for him at the inn. But you don't want your heart to be like that. You want to be able to make a space for him to come in, because um, that that really is what Advent's about for me: preparation.
0: Rebecca, thanks a lot for that. Now we've come to the Polish connection, but I'm excuse me, my Polish pronunciation isn't brilliant, so I'm going to call, I address you as Peter. I hope that's okay. Welcome to the That's program, fine. Peter. Good morning. Good morning, Peter, and thank you very much indeed, Peter. Can you say a little bit about yourself, maybe your wife and your family? Yeah, of course. Uh,
5: so as it was said, uh, I am from Poland and currently living in Scotland. Uh, and being with Emmanuel community in Ireland. uh, This year, Emmanuel activities are very much online, on Zoom, hence this idea of mixing people from different countries, from Scotland and Ireland, up. And I'm very welcome to the Irish community, and I'm happy to be with you today.
0: And Peter, how long have you been with the community? And what drew you in the first place to join the community?
5: I joined together with my wife as a couple. That was about six, almost seven years ago. What drew me was the experience of the community. Emmanuel means God is with us. And when I met the community, it wasn't just a statement for me. It was something real, something deep. And I literally experienced God's presence, very near to me, and God's guidance, I would say very specific guidance. Probably talking about the ways how I experienced that would be a topic for a longer conversation, but to summarize, I would say experiencing God in real.
0: And Peter, can I ask you, the same as I've asked the two previous uh, ladies, what does Advent mean to you and to your family?
5: In general, preparation. But this year, I think personally to me, slowing down. Slowing down, as Rebecca said, to make some space for God. We are currently very busy with two little daughters, uh, with the younger one being three months old and uh yeah it's not easy it's not easy but space for god is necessary in the business of our life and advent is so special that motivates us to focus on him on being vigilant and and waiting for him to come
0: come closer peter thank you so much indeed for that now we've come to our family um family the mcvay family from Northern Ireland, and we'd like to welcome uh, and speaking in with Kevin, Siobhan, Daniel, Stephen and Sinead. Welcome to our programme, guys. Tell us all about yourselves.
6: Morning, John. Um, Yes, we're the McVeighs from a place called Galbally in County Tyrone. And um, Siobhan and I met at the World Youth Day in Rome in 2000. Um, It was a special trip for us. It was run by the Emmanuel community. My mum at that time... Um, advised me I was coming home from college and she said I've got a trip I'd like you to go on and lo and behold I I went and um, I met Siobhan and we learned later that Siobhan had won her ticket to go on the trip so it was a really enlightening trip from a spiritual point of view Um, and as uh, we've talked about we met people of a similar mindset people that wanted to talk about their faith and I suppose for myself personally, it was a really deep encounter with Christ, um, And that, that was very special. Siobhan and I then joined the Emmanuel community the following year. Um, we got married in 2004 and we have our three kids, Daniel, age 13, Stephen, 10, and Sinead, seven last week. Um, so faith is very important for our family. Siobhan and I have um, met at the World Youth Day in Rome. Pope John Paul at that time, I remember him very clearly saying, I firmly believe in Christ. And that was really a cast-iron guarantee for for myself personally. But for Siobhan and I, from that trip, we've tried to live uh, a closer relationship with, with Christ. And I suppose as a family in today's world, it gives us a sense of certainty, a sense of security, and uh, it gives us a sense of peace and understanding.
0: And tell me, maybe you can let us know a little bit about how you're going to live Advent yourself as a family this year.
7: Yes, um, so, yeah, how we live Advent as a family, well, as everybody else has said, really, Advent is about preparing, you know, for Christ's birth. It's a time of anticipation, waiting, waiting for this wonderful occasion. And um, so different things that we do every year, um uh, during the advent um, we set up a, an advent wreath so normally we would mirror a more traditional wreath similar to, to what you would have in the church um, on Sundays but this year we were a little bit more um, creative I suppose uh, so um, what we have done this year is we have five green handprints cut out of green card and then we have three purple handprints uh, cut out of card, uh, one pink and one white. And we've just arranged them in a circle Um, so the circle shape and the green colours symbolising the everlasting or continuous life and then each of the five handprints, so one purple for the first Sunday of Advent um, symbolising hope, the second Sunday symbolising faith and then the third purple one for the fourth Sunday for prayer and penance penance and then we have our pink um, hand which was my hand this year Um, and that's symbolizing joy and then on Christmas Eve so we just kept it very simple this year just a symbolic way of family and I think this year particularly the year that's in it um, Advent is very much going to be about um, family and families getting together if it's safe for them to do so
6: Yeah, and then I suppose, John, the other thing that we we would try and do is go to confession. Um, Two of our children have had their First Holy Communion and the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Um, Ultimately, that comes down to uh, whether the church are going to be opened or not. Uh, The churches at the moment in the the north here are closed. But um, it's something that we would normally do at Christmas and it's something that we, we hope we can do as well this year.
7: Um, we also have just a very simple advent calendar. Um, no, 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 uh, treat every day, but it's still a, a symbol of the um, anticipation of the um, picture to be revealed. So it's a very simple nativity scene, and then each day a door is opened on the picture, revealing then um,
6: on Christmas Eve the whole the whole nativity scene. Um, I suppose as well. Uh, we Siobhan and I talked about the element of charity and I suppose as a family just to really appreciate what we have and to look and see how we can help other people who are perhaps less fortunate than ourselves. So there's a number of charities that are involved, uh, linked with the school, um, from different shoebox appeals that um, we can gather, um, different everyday um, utensils from toothbrushes and combs, etc. that go, go abroad. Um, And we also have close associations with St Vincent Hall. Um, And again, uh, we would donate to charities rather than perhaps giving actual presents to the staff at the schools. And they're delighted with that idea.
7: Yeah, and then the main thing obviously is the setting up of our crib. So we make sure that it has a very prominent place in our home and, you know, it's the cornerstone of our Christmas decorations whatever. It's a very significant family symbol for us because Kevin's dad made um, our stable and he and Kevin's mum, they gave it to us on our first Christmas when we moved back to Ireland. We used to live in England, so when we moved back to Ireland, um, they gave it to us as a present. And then my parents um, gave us the figures for the nativity scene um, for our first wedding anniversary. So um, they're very um, significant for us. I'm going to let Stephen... Come
8: in here and tell you a bit more there. We normally set up our crib on the 8th of December, but we did it earlier this year to help cheer us up and remind us Christmas is coming. The figures are in the stable, except for the three wise men. We put put them on the mantelpiece, and as it gets closer to the sixth of January, they get closer to the stable. On Christmas Eve, we light the white candle and put baby Jesus into the crib. It's Neil's job to turn on the light in the crib every night. Yeah, so uh, Neil says it's his job to
7: turn on the crib, um, or turn on the light, um. In every night. And her job this evening, she's going to um, lead us. So we're just going to do one decade of the Rosary as a family. Um, so we're going to do the first joyful mystery the Annunciation. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of Let the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. So the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Because Mary was a very special person, God sent an angel to ask her to be the mother of Jesus. She said yes, even though she was a little bit afraid. The angel told her to name the baby Jesus.
8: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread
6: and we 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 forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those the who trespass and against and us, and us. And it is so not so a so temptation for us from evil
8: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now that they are forgetful. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God. God pray for us sinners
2: now that
7: they are forgetful.
8: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, And blessed is the fruit of thy wing, Jesus.
7: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us the
6: art
8: of the name. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy wing, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Hail Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and
7: blessed is the
8: fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
7: Holy Mary,
6: Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death.
8: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As
6: it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. in the heart of Mary. Pray for us, Father, and the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: So thank you very much indeed yes. again. That, that that was beautiful. And thanks again. Is it Sinead who who played the rosary there for us?
7: Yes, that's right.
0: Thanks, Sinead That was beautiful. Well done. And uh, was it happy eighth birthday or seventh birthday? Seventh birthday. Seventh
7: birthday. Mm-hmm. birthday
0: yeah. Happy birthday to you. The other day. Thank you so much indeed for that. So at this point of the program, we will have to go for a second piece of music. Daniel, how are you going to introduce a piece of music for us, please?
7: Uh, Yes, I will, John. The song we picked is Rejoice. It's one of my favourite Emmanuel songs.
0: Okay, so let's listen to this by Emmanuel, and this one is entitled Rejoice. So come back and join us in part three, where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space, 102FM. Um, my name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose in studio here. And uh, Emmanuel, and, uh, uh, led by, uh, of course, Geraldine Creighton, and, uh, and the household, I should say, I suppose at this stage, the household of the Emmanuel, the family. Thanks a lot, guys, for, for sharing with us there in part two. But this is the most important part, believe it or not, of any program we do here, is where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel, mm-hmm. the Word of God. And before that, we'll invite Shane to pray this prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on scripture. Thanks, Shane.
2: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for that, Shan. So now we we will invite Peter to read the Gospel for us for today, for the second Sunday in Advent. And today's uh, Gospel is taken from the Gospel of Mark. Thanks, Peter.
5: The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in the book of Prophet Isaiah. Look, I am going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare a way for the Lord. Make his path straight. And so it was that John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All Judea and all the people of Jerusalem Jerusalem, made their way to him. And as they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, they confessed their sins. John wore a garment of camel skin, and he lived on locusts and wild honey. In the course of his preaching he said, someone is following me someone who is more powerful than i am and i am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals i have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit
0: thank you for that peter for for sharing and reading the gospel for us so now, maybe um, some of our guests might be able to, to help us and, and share maybe a thought or two that might have got from that. Maria, did you? Can you? Would you like to share a thought you might have got from that gospel this morning, please?
3: Yeah. Um, so I might be a bit repetitive in saying that the gospel speaks about preparation again, um, but that really struck out for me that line: "Prepare a way for the Lord, make His path straight." Um, it's and like the fact that. God sometimes calls into like my own life, into this wilderness, into the bits of my life that are messy and cluttered and busy. Um, and into this like space, there's like a voice crying, asking me to just make space for God to come, um, to make space for, for good things to happen, um, for for this wonderful mystery that is Christmas, but not even just Christmas, but that um, that God will... Like Jesus will come again, and not even that, but that Jesus will come into my heart today. Um, That that was my that was mainly what um, struck out for me from that.
0: Thank you indeed for sharing that with us, Rebecca. Any thought yourself you might have?
4: What really struck me when I was listening to the reading of the text there was um, was the line all Judea and all the people of Jerusalem made their way to him and as they were baptized by him in the river Jordan they confessed their sins and you know just I imagine myself just in the, in that place where John is is preaching to people about repentance of sin people must have really felt a strong desire to approach this man but this very unconventional man and um, to repent um he must have been such an effective preacher. That's what really struck me as I was listening to that. Um, That he he must have been extremely powerful to say that line, all of Judea and the people of Jerusalem, they made their way into the river Jordan to experience this baptism and how their lives must have been transformed by that experience and how we almost... um, take it for granted, baptism, it's kind of one of those rites of passage. Uh, you bring your child to the church and you get the child baptised, but um, how powerful it must have been to hear John preaching that because he was he was the very first one to do that. That's what struck me uh, from that text.
0: Thanks, Rebecca. Peter?
5: To me, first of all, it's a call for confession, I actually planned uh, one last week, but I was suffering from COVID. Uh, I'm glad I can be with you here today. Uh, So yeah, it's a call for confession. Rebecca was saying about many people being attracted by John the Baptist. And when we look at this figure, he seems to be kind of a crazy man, not only for us, living in the century, but also for, for people in his, in his own time. I mean, living in the wilderness, considering what he ate, what he wore, but people were so attracted and inspired by him. I think it's that radicality that he presented, and for me, that's a very good example of someone who is not attached to earthly things, who can be distant to, to not only problems, but, but to things, to worries that we have every day. I remember once at confession, I was told by a priest, considering eternity, eternal life, Does it really matter what kind of car you drive here? And (laughs) I understand that, but it's really difficult. That attachment to earthly things, our desires, our wants, but considering eternity, does it really matter? For John the Baptist, it didn't. So. Yeah, crazy man, but crazy in a very positive way. Yeah, I think that's it
0: for me. Peter, thank you very much indeed for that. Geraldine, we've got about three minutes left. Would you like to share anything with us?
1: Well, just listening to the the wonderful sharings there in the Gospel, the bit that struck me was actually the very first line which was, it, 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 when Piotr read it, it was the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I said to myself, it's only the beginning. So Advent is a journey. It's the church's new year we're celebrating, so it's the beginning. And for a lot of people, and even for myself and my journey with the Lord, I have to always keep making these new beginnings and try and yeah come back to the reality about why am I alive what's life all about, what's my day-to-day life all about, and recenter myself and start again. But the great thing with God is that we can always begin again. That's what we talk when we talk about confession, not so much about what we say, but it's important to, to say it, but also that it's a restart button. But it's a restart button with a heart that's transformed and a heart that is more open. So for me, for all of us, I pray for all the listeners that, that we will have hearts more open because of what we've lived during the pandemic, because of how we've had to change, because we've had to be in bubbles um, and, and, and in smaller groups, that how all the struggles, that these would actually produce pure gold in our lives and that we, we have hearts more open to being who we're meant to be, being ourselves, being alive and also realising God's gift to us actually is himself and all the means and power he gives us to live a, a, a full life really full life despite difficulty but a full life in many case.
0: Geraldine thank you very much for that Shane we've only got a, a minute <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah um, for me I think you know this week we we begin the, the journey through the year of the gospel according to mark and it's very much straight into the action i think i said in latin last week's program if you were writing a script for an action movie for the, for 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 jesus's life you would take the gospel of mark with 16 chapters and we're straight into it of course with john the baptist the precursor the herald the man who recognized who jesus was while he was still in his mother elizabeth's womb and leapt for joy upon hearing the virgin's voice visiting his mother at the visitation. And of course that great exemplar, as Piotr said, in terms of he is the crazy man who is not so crazy. and It's that whole call for us of metanoia, that great expression that's associated very much with Lent and with Advent, that call to turn back again and again. And very much, you know, answering that call that was given, you know, echoing the call of the Baptist. As we move through the four weeks of Advent, there are different characters very much associated from scriptural history associated with different weeks of Advent. So the three principal ones, of course, are Isaiah and the prophecy of the of the Messiah that was to come. There's John the Baptist himself, who we encountered this week's Gospel of Mark, and the Virgin Mary herself, of course, in as we enter into the third week of Advent. And each of them is an archetype. It's an example for us. It's a, it's a person that's held up, you know, echoing that whole longing and waiting that was there from the chosen people, and which we are called to um, imitate, to see as an example, and ask ourselves, as we prepare for Advent this year, How are we kind of answering that call again? Who is the John the Baptist in our world today that's calling us, come back, prepare the way of the Lord? Shane, thank you so
0: much indeed for sharing that. And indeed, thank you, all of you, for joining us this evening. For, For Geraldine, Maria, Rebecca, Peter, Kevin, Siobhan, Daniel, Stephen, and of course, Sinead. Thank you so much indeed for, for joining us and sharing the good news with us this evening. Please God, you might even come back and join us again. Would we'll even allow that person from the banner to come and join us again as well. <laughs> That's okay. In the meantime, we must go, we're a bit over time. Geraldine, the final piece of music, we might introduce to us, please. I'm
1: gonna ask Rebecca to introduce it to Wayne Jones, Okay,
0: Rebecca. Okay. Uh, well okay, the banner okay. Okay, Rebecca.
4: So the last song of our program this evening is what would be affectionately known as an Advent classic. Um, It's one that you only hear during Advent. So it's kind of one of those songs that would help you to get in the spirit of the season. Um, It's called O Come, O Come Emmanuel. Um, And it's actually a very ancient song. Uh, The hymn has its origins over 1,200 years ago in the monastic life, the 8th and ninth century. Um, so how it goes is that they would sing the O Antiphons, so these series of chants um, in anticipation of Christmas Eve. And it, it kind of, they put a meter to it, and this song developed from those chants. Um, and it was composed as early as the 12th century. So very interesting piece indeed, um, and a very reflective piece that, that really helps us t- to dwell on the coming of of the Lord on,
0: on Christmas. So, Thanks for, Thank that for that, Rebecca. And thanks to all of you again. And we'll go out with our final piece of music, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, by Pentinex. In the meantime, we'll join. please join us again next week for myself and Shane. Thanks again for joining us. And next week, the third week of Advent, we have another guest to join us. But in the meantime, have a good week. God bless now. Bye.
2: Bye. Da, da, da.
9: Until the Son of God appears Rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee